As today's technology blows away the sands of time, we are digging deeper into the secrets of these mysteries. Welcome to the PowerShell Podcast, the podcast for PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Far more powerful than all the others. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. Uh, I'm, go- I, I'm, I'm Ghost. I'm co-host Jordan Hammond, as well as special guest. <laughs> and uh, we have other co-host slash special guest Andrew Plaw. <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself as a special guest. That is that's special. I like that. We we are both special guests this time. So this one's uh, it's the day after Thanksgiving when we're recording. This is the two of us. We're going to talk. I don't know, kind of the state of the podcast, what we've learned from it, as well as summit stuff. And my favorite part about doing this is we can drink. Cheers. So it's been a while. We haven't talked to each other. I mean, we talk every week, but not in an episode like this, not as relaxed of an environment as a recorded podcast, but we don't normally have to drive the conversation. So this is, this is unique for us. It's been a while. I mean, it's a little late notice too. (laughs) Um, but it's nice, man. Things have changed. Things have changed. Uh, I guess, you know, like we tell everybody, our audience every week, we're all growing out here. It feels like, man, we've been growing too. Um, how long have we been doing the podcast now? Oh, I'm going to say nine months. Wow. That's a baby. <laughs> it, it feels like eternity. Not, not in a bad way. It just, it, it's, it feels like it's been a significant part of our work life for sometime now every week you know every week and we're not like doing all of them in one week and like sitting on them for two months we are pretty much recording one a week um and we're, we're right there we're caught up i think next week we're going to get caught up with a few episodes because with holidays i think we're taking off some time towards the end of the year but yeah it is a new long conversation with a, a new awesome guest every week your brain covers a lot of territory it's uh it's fun for me because I feel like I'm getting paid to to learn stuff I'd, le- I'd like to learn anyway. Like I do that in my free time. It's great. It's a blessing to be able to have <laughs> a long conversation. Like lo- your average meeting or a longer meeting would be like 60 to 90 minutes. Sometimes we get to talk to people for 90 minutes and we get into some deep parts of conversation that you don't just stumble upon. Like there aren't that many opportunities in casual life for like long conversations like we're fortunate enough to be able to have. There's times where I feel like, oh, I'm, I must be pretty good at this. I'm following along. And there's other times where I'm instantly lost. And I just am there to ask questions that are so beneath the speakers that, you know, I, I feel like they're, bring, you know, for the people that are on my level, I got I to gotta bring, bring them down a bit. No, I think uh, you're helping our uh, <laughs> the people who are at a super high level be seen by more and understood by more. So that's probably what they're going for. Right. But now it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is. We always talk about joining the community in new ways. Yeah. You've, you've spoken to Summit. I have not. I did one talk at Summit. So You did one talk at Summit. I was there. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, you're all right. Thank you. <laughs> so, but this time, uh, it turns out I did not have the bravery required to submit solo, but we did a couple of... Uh, uh, combined sessions so you're going to hold my hand for my first time and hopefully that uh, launches me for future events um i'm going to use your likeness to uh 
make things better. Yeah. No, um, I think that for the sessions that we have, the pair programming one was one session. What was it called? Perfect pair programming or something like that. Um, I think that's kind of fun to have two people for. It, it is. I didn't, uh, I didn't get it accepted to speak on that one because all of the session I went to my junk mail. And I think that one lapsed. So I, I accepted one of them. Uh, we reached out to Mr. Petty, seeing if we can't get uh, reactivated so I can go through and accept now. Yeah, no, you'll you'll be all right if it gets accepted. But, you know, there's a lot of good submissions this year. It's, it was cool because um, they started off, I guess, not getting as many submissions as normal. And so they reached out to people who have been in the community or whatever and told them, like, hey, get your submissions in. And it turns out by the end, a ton of people get tons of submissions in and there's like way more than enough. So with that many good submissions, who knows how many, if any of ours are going to get selected. We, we could be... Uh... That that's my perfect scenario. Like we submitted, but none of them are accepted. So, boy, I tried, guys. I'm on four <laughs> talks. So if all four got accepted, that would be. I would not uh, be super stoked. But I thought that this year was like the year of the co-speaker because three of my talks uh, that I submitted would be with another person. Two of those with you, and one with someone else. What a good way to, to split the load, though. I mean, it just makes it a lot. I feel like with two people, it's a lot easier to have that connection. Like you're present. You're not just talking, talking. With two, you can sort of involve the audience and make it more like we are doing something here right now rather than I'm just reciting this talk. Yeah, I, I think one idea that we had, which we ended up not submitting, was just to do a live podcast episode. Apparently, that's been done before. It didn't go well. I would still like to get like a side stage and do something, you know, like you don't have to put us on the, on the main bill, but you know, we'll see. My idea for that one would be for someone that's in the community that couldn't make it to summit, have them be the guest for that one. So they still get a chance to participate in summit, even though they couldn't make it. I'm not sure how well it all, it all works. Kelly does a lot of editing to make us sound coherent. Yeah. Agreed with that. Shout out to Kelly. <laughs> uh, shout out to Stephen Judd, our, our most recent guest. That was pretty exciting to have him on, our first returning guest. Um, I feel like we need to do more of these catch-ups just to highlight some of our favorite episodes. Because with the weekly cadence, I feel like it's so easy for a really great episode to come out. And then by the time I have time to like process things, boom, there's another. Boom, there's another. So I have found... And I feel like we're hitting our stride where I was going out there. But initially, the idea of just hitting as many guests as possible, I think, was the right call. Because there's a lot of people we want to talk to. And there's still a lot of people we want to talk to. But as as we go, we're returning guests is kind of inevitable if we're going to keep going weekly. Yeah. And it might be nice because people kind of get to learn who people are. I mean, with a weekly cadence, we can still get a bunch of new people and stuff. And I think I have like open invites to a handful of people, too. Um, but I'm not the best booker in the world. Well, you've done 100% of it, so you must be doing something right, because I have, I have not helped at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't question the madness. I just know it's madness. Um, <laughs> but I think I, that I, we're, we're reaching ahead. a new tier. Like, there's no tier of guests that wouldn't be interested. I think that's just kind of a sign of the community, right? Like, great people do all sorts of things and are present in all different types of ways in the community. So it would make sense that we'd be able to talk to some cool people. Um, like we already have, but keep I think, on that. Yeah. I think we're established enough that 
uh, it's, it is no longer, some people may have said, oh, this is a fad. It will just go away. They don't want to really dive in kind of like what my, uh, meetup was all, all two times that I did that. Now you don't want to dive in early with that. Just have it fade. But I think at this point, the podcasts, it's clear it's here, here to stay at least for some time. So more people are going to want to be joining. I'm hoping it's, the more guests, the more, I love meeting the community. It, it's, it's nice that every time we have a, I guess it's a two-on-one conversation, not a one-on-one conversation. It's the community continues to be great. It's not just like a global anonymous thing. It's just every time we meet someone, it's like, yes, it's another fantastic entry to the community. Yeah. Um, so we do this. We've kind of mentioned it. We're doing this weekly podcast all the time. And I have a question for you. I didn't, we didn't like talk about it beforehand, but what do you feel like the common themes are? Because for me, when I hear interview week after week, and I know that not all of our guests have listened to every single interview, but I still hear the same things in different ways in, in a lot of our episodes. Do you feel that? Or like what, what for you are the common themes? So th- there's a lot of common themes of, you know, I guess step out into the community as much as you're comfortable with, you know, there's, there's always an encouragement to join in, in more ways than there is. Uh, the, how awesome the community is, is always agreed on. Uh, there's been one common thing is every time we've been talking, anything sequel, this is the, this happens in every single conversation is things are going pretty good. I was having a good time. And then I met Chrissy and things got awesome. And that, that's a very common theme. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think yak shaving was another one, though, too. Yeah. Yak shaving. Yak shaving. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny. And I feel like a lot of those things are not just unique to PowerShell. Obviously, the, how great the community is is definitely pretty unique to PowerShell. But, like, it's, it's very cool because we've talked to people with just security backgrounds. Um, people in more of developer backgrounds and it's cool to see that they have that kind of shared experience of pushing themselves to grow the next step and all that kind of thing and now here we are submitting our first talks to uh, to summit together and we're comfortable enough with the podcast to drink live while doing it cheers are we i think we already have with the um after dark oh yeah that was that that was literally at the bar I loved the PowerShell After Dark episodes. I bummed that they didn't get uh, like take off as much as I thought. We got a couple of them in there. There was one. Uh, we got a whole bunch of the on ramp uh, mm-hmm. scholarship participants, and we lost the audio somehow. Oh, we were that's both, right. Yeah. We were both so excited for that episode. Uh, they they were all unique people with different approaches on how they're like. You could see they they all had a future. But yeah. it was all a different path ahead of it. Was I really liked that episode, and we lost it, and I'm still mad at myself. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to keep in touch with them, or at least to like do it now and then, two years, three years later, uh, check in with them. I've, I've kept up with a couple of them, and I think they also did some interviews with the PowerShell News podcast. So there is some history of that date and their kind of stories and that place and time. You'll be be curious if any of them are at Summit this year. If we can catch it, we 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 can do the reunion for the. No one will realize it is a reunion. Yeah. You know what happened the other week at my user group? So we had our November. We did like a virtual meetup, and um, so it was just on on Zoom. It was going well. We did the whole thing. Uh, 
We had actually a really great presentation on APIs. Shout out to Devin for that amazing presentation. But towards the end of it, someone in the thing was named like GNV PowerShell. And our group is called the Gainesville PowerShell User Group. So I thought it must have been like my co-leader or something like that. And I was like, hey, who is, who is GNV PowerShell? Turns out it is the guy um, at my previous job who took over after I left. You no, know, I could like helped out and trained and showed PowerShell and some stuff too. And so I got to catch up with him and, and hear how some of my modules and things like that are doing. <laughs> Two years after, I was dying laughing because it was just for me such a cool kind of full circle thing where it's like, wow, it's, I'm happy that my babies, my modules and the environment are still kind of kicking along. And for me, it was it was nice to leave things at a previous job in a state that were not like on fire where like I'd be like, oh no, it's them. Ooh. It's like, I, I did, I wrote help for the modules. So <laughs> there's that. It's always fun to know, like long after the fact that your stuff is still running. Yeah. So when I left my previous job, my wife still worked there. And so I, I kind of always knew what wasn't. I knew when my modules broke, because if my automation broke, there was a issue. Because the one of the ones that broke three years after I was gone was the uh, automated user creation. And so that broke and Dang. everyone was aware of it. So it, I, I heard about that. So three years is, I don't know, I don't know if that's the longest module or the longest automation I wrote that was ran, but I felt three years was a pretty good time. That is pretty good. <laughs> three years is pretty good. But I, now you have to wonder in the back of your mind, like that's when they finally, it was so broken, they decided they can't use it anymore. Was it losing functionality as it went or did it all just die at once? Mm. And that I'll never know. Hopefully they took what you did, the lessons that you learned, and they made an even better solution that'll last twice as long. I tried so hard to get the people I worked with to learn PowerShell with me and across the board, no. Mm -hmm. there, there was one person that was sort of into it. I hope he took it off, took off and ran with it, but I'm not sure. But there was a lot of there's a lot of fear of automation replacing their jobs. They were also siloed that they would block me from going over there from automating anything and they didn't want to learn anything. So there would, I wouldn't, unless they brought in a new person that was already proficient in PowerShell, I don't think that uh, it stuck after I was gone. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, it was fine with me because there's no competition, right? It's like, hey, who could do this? And then I could do that in PowerShell. I got to do a lot of uh, varied work just by just by learning it. So Power, PowerShell has always made my career interesting. Yeah, that's that's a guarantee. <laughs> I another thing that I enjoy so much that I've kind of seen in a lot of episodes is people get like it being more than just a job. Right? Like them being able to own their career a little bit and, you know, make these connections outside of just their job and be part of this bigger community where, you know, one, two heads are smarter than one. Well, you part of this huge community with tons of smart people and kind, welcoming community. You can do a lot more and it brings so much more value than just clocking in, clocking out. And it's also just more interesting. Like if you're not using PowerShell, there's at least one mundane task that you're constantly going in and manually doing and that sounds like an awful way to, to attend work yeah just stagnant like i like to solve problems and then move on to different problems 
and like solve them for like kind of like once and for all kind of deal, not like solve them for this hour. But an hour from now, we're going to just uh, resolve it the exact same way. No, that's not fulfilling to me, at least. Like once you kind of taste the rainbow, so to speak, of <laughs> like actually solving your problems at work and then not repeating them, um, maybe you don't see the value. But like once you're on that, it's too valuable. Yeah, I don't think there's a job out there where someone didn't have a task that when it comes to the guy to do that, it's just an internal groan. It's like, oh, I hate doing this. Make it yeah. go away. Yep. Make it go away. Make it go away. And as you start making these little tiny problems go away, you can start to see this super powerful nature of PowerShell, like the ability to filter and sort huge sets of data and do things that your coworkers would think are magic if they don't have access to these skill sets or tools. Um, you know, it's such a thing to have in your back pocket once you start taking advantage of PowerShell to solve problems and you get familiar with the ways it does things. Oh my goodness. I love it. I could talk about it all day, man. It's so good. You know, I got a little present recently. Oh yeah. Do you know that? I, I did know that. I'm, I'm just, uh, for, for the sake of the podcast, it's like, oh, what did you get, Andrew? Yeah. No, I got I'm, something. If you, I'm so excited to learn what this is. Have you seen this emblem before? It looks like a um, little circle with two horns. Well, I'll have you know, good sir. These are the OMG USB plugs. I have one in like a programmer that you configure it. This is what uh, I am Jacoby suggested if you wanted to get started with the... Um, Oh shucks! I guess just physical pen testing. What was the specific tack I called though? That's um, uh, whatever. Using a bad USB drive to do bad things, or a USB cable. So I got one of those. So, but that's not one of the ones where, even if they don't allow USB cables, it still goes through because it's viewed as a keyboard instead of a cable. It's but it that, was a, that was a, that was a different tool. No, I think that's this one. Oh, is it? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I believe so. Shucks. Now we're mentioning all these details. I, I bought this thing like two weeks ago, but yeah, it's cool. I, it, they're having a Black Friday sale, so I may even buy more. Who knows? Who knows? What I really want is that flipper. Um, you know, that big device that can like capture and replay all kinds of different signals and stuff. That thing looks pretty cool, but it's so mainstream right now. Like it's being advertised to too broad of an audience that it's so hard to find. Yeah. Like, if you get people who don't know anything, who just like watched a short TikTok about how fancy and strong it is buying it, it's like how it's just way too big of a market for what it is. It's like a pretty niche thing, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone would like to get their hands on it to at least mess around with it for a short time to see what's in there. But the people that are going to dive in and, and really learn the ins and outs of it, I think, is a smaller subset. Yeah. And it's really cool because I feel like if you're on the same wavelength as us, if you've been listening for a long time, I think that you have what it takes to learn any technology, understand how it works. You know, as we learned in our last episode with Stephen Judd, RTFM, read the manual, understand the technology, see what's at play here. How do you interact with it? You can create tools for it, blah, blah, blah. Talking to those to our guests, it makes me feel more confident in myself a little bit because I'm like, all right, all these people, they, they somehow made it happen. <laughs> Uh, they, they didn't just spawn with the deep knowledge and the subjects they had to actually work at it. Right. Exactly. How, how disheartening. <laughs> yeah. So that should be fun. I think that's what, uh, well, actually, no, that's what one of our suggested talks for summit is on, is on some bad things you can do with PowerShell, 
demonstrating some silly physical attacks and then some kind of ways to look and see the damage that was done retroactively. Yeah, so the focus isn't uh, here's how you exploit a virus with PowerShell. It's it's still most on the main point of PowerShell is PowerShell is often used, but here's why PowerShell is still good for security. Not, not yeah, exactly. Negative. Like if bad code kind of runs, here's the litany of ways that PowerShell helps you and the cool security tools and features that you can take advantage of and some labs or some demos and stuff like that. But Jordan, I got a question for you. What have right. you been up to recently? What's new in your PowerShell world, man? Outside of this podcast, we talk every week. What else have you been doing? Uh, well, I got to help a friend with PowerShell. Ooh, like, he was actually, he worked with me at, at my last job and he was one that would not learn PowerShell. And then he moved on and up into another job. And he reached out to me first time a couple years ago on something we want to automate. And I went in and helped him with a lot of that. And now every month or so, he reaches back out, hey, I'm trying to do this. And each time his PowerShell is getting good. Like he, he needs me less and less. At this point, I think he's reaching out to me because he wants to show off his PowerShell, not because he needs me to teach him anything, which is fantastic for me because it's still, but uh, there was, so it's it, watching his progression. I, I wish he would have done it long time ago, but I'm happy he's doing it now. He's getting, he's getting fantastic. He had built into this one, some calculated properties, which is something that I struggled with. He just learned on his own because he felt like he needed it. Uh, but we were able to get the script he had. It was taking 16 hours and we got it down to 80 minutes. And it was just, he, he learned some important things about uh, for each loops. He was doing, uh, redoing the get that he had on the initial one for his initial pool. He's redoing it multiple times within the for each. So it was running the same command over and over. So he learned a lot from that. But I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm sad for the time when he no longer asks for asks for my help. I know it's coming. He's his PowerShell's getting top notch in my opinion. He's got a lot of automation in his environment now, which I'm excited for. But now I need a new outlet for my my practical PowerShell. It's all theoretical for me. Does he listen to the podcast? He does not. Come on. You got to shill to them at least. I'm out here shilling to to the masses every week. You can't even shill to one. Uh, I mean. Do you write? It? All right. I'm sure that you wrote a little comment based help or something like that. And I hope that you put to learn more, listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I expected you to do is also to translate your face into like slashes that could then be placed. And like, so it would have look like shading, but written in like characters of your face. So he knew it was you. So you want me to just add nonsense into his production code to say, hey, okay, check this out. Mm, it might be, it might work. It might work. <laughs> uh, PowerShell to the people. Isn't that the goal here? Yeah, he, he probably wouldn't even be thrilled that uh, I, I, I talked about working with him in here. He's uh, he may be more nervous than I am about being in public, which is, that is a high achievement. Dang. Well, that's scary. Did, uh, well, what are you drinking today? You mentioned you're drinking something. What are you, what are you sipping on over there, Jordan? Art bag and O. Whoa. Those are some words. <laughs> uh, it is one of my favorite scotches. This was a gift from a different person that I helped out for helping him with PowerShell. Wow. It's a former co-host for the webcast that I do. They're nice. retired now. I helped him with some, and he got me this scotch, and it is delicious, but my glass is empty. 
Nice. There we go. Problem solved. Is that good? Uh, for the Anno? Yeah. Anything, our bag might be my favorite distillery for scotch. That's why if you look above my head for those that are viewing, not listening, I've got, well, they got the one in my hand and I got two up on the shelf there and they're all different. There's the Corbrecchian and the Ardbeg 10 in there. I don't have Yugadol, which might be my favorite, but that's a hard one to get your hands on. And as it was my favorite, I, I drank it. Mm. Well, let's get it. Reaction. What's it taste like? Have a sip and a sniff and whatever you got to do. Let's tastes, be like campfire. tastes like campfire and Pete. It's delicious. I worked with a guy named Pete. Did you? I did. Doesn't taste like that. No. Different Pete. Different Pete. Okay. I do like that. This is usually the one that I drink on live on the webcast too. Is uh, Ardbeg. It's, I don't know. I should probably branch out and try new ones, but it's so good. Working code is good code. All right. Let's learn from <laughs> from Steve and Jed. He taught us some things, man. I, I didn't get a chance to to say that in that episode when we're talking about working code, but my submission to work at PDQ where we're at now, uh, my code was ugly, but it worked. And that's actually the comment I got from the person that reviewed it is, it's the ugliest code I've ever seen, but it looks like it would work. And I, yeah. I ended up with the job. So that really uh, reinforces the position that working code is still code. Like it's, as long as it does its task, you can always improve later. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that brings up a funny thing that I encounter a lot, which is frequently people ask for me to like look at some PowerShell that they've done, whether it be for, well, it could be for a number of things, we'll say. And when dealing with coworkers, I oftentimes struggle to balance. It works with, you should maybe follow these slight different patterns to set yourself up for success long-term. Like for me, it's always... um. I have to decide how much is too much information to share and like how much is overkill. Like it's, it, it's something to pay attention to. Cause I think that what I've fallen into in the past and what I'm sure other people probably have done too, is they go too deep. They are too excited to share their PowerShell with everyone and they go way too deep with their explanation. They add way too many things when their code already pretty much works. It's just one little thing they needed help with. If you kind of turn those little answers into long explanations, it's it might turn them off from asking for help in the future. So for me, something that I do is I try and make sure that I don't go too deep into the explanations. And you got to understand if someone's in the, I'm doing this to learn or I'm doing this to do my job mode. And if they're doing it to learn, they're going to be a little bit more likely to enjoy more of an explanation. But if they're just trying to get their job done, be cautious with how you deliver large amounts of information. Sometimes just sending a link to documentation might be a better choice. Yeah, it's that's where also you could say, have you tried get help yet? Could you could, <laughs> but when it comes to like, like you said earlier, loops like for each loops or like other things, uh, naming of functions, you know, those I, I definitely give some advice. But it's I don't have a perfect answer, but it's just something to be aware of. It's uh, know your audience, I think. Any sort of speaking or teaching, knowing your audience is a critical part. Yep. Yep. And it's normal to feel excited to talk about something that for you is so impactful, but not everyone sees things from that perspective yet. You know, I know that for me, 
it took me a while before I started actually learning PowerShell. Like I learned about learning PowerShell and then I learned about PowerShell. Like I felt like I was reading things and it wasn't actually like absorbing. Like it felt like I was reading a different language a little bit and I just kept doing it. And then eventually kind of made sense. Well, it's uh, I went a long time not knowing that PowerShell was object-based or what that really meant. Like I didn't understand what it was. And I felt like I was, uh, just hammering around in the dark, not getting anywhere. And then there was that one bit of information that my, my mentor explained to me. It was a casual throw in, like everyone knows this, and it blew my mind. And it opened up so many doors for learning. Like it's it's important to know the basics of like how it runs, how it gets there to I think really get the the best work done with PowerShell. I don't want to go too deep, but it feels yeah. like, you know what I just mentioned about learning, like you don't want to overload another person with too much information given they're just trying to solve a certain problem. It feels like when learning ourselves, like kind of just take the one next step at a time can, can be a good idea rather than learning a thousand steps ahead. And then, you know, you don't have to learn the super deep parts of the engine if you're still trying to figure out how to write your first functions or like if that is still not a super good part or you're not super comfortable with that. Anyways. I don't know. Learning's never a a static concept. It's def- different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure someone listening thing. to this like these guys are just dumb. Why not just understand it all? And you know what? Good on you, buddy. I mean, the thing is, it's easier to do that once you go through the whole learning a technology thing. Like once you've learned something, like you see certain patterns, you know where to look, you know the general way things kind of sort of work. And it's a lot easier to master something quick or to make assumptions about how something works. But if you're still like, ah, never learned a programming language before, never really automated anything, don't really understand how things work under the hood when I'm interacting with things on the internet, it's going to be confusing. But if you've already done that, maybe you've been using technology your whole life or like a former developer or super into things, whatever, it's going to be a lot easier. You're going to be able to do it a lot faster. That's no different than learning another language. The first one is always the most difficult. And then once you have that, I mean, there's some variations. Like if you learn Spanish, learning Japanese is still going to be a process because it's different enough. But if you go from Spanish to French, there's a lot of tie over. Mm-hmm. So it's just the the rules that are there make it easy to learn in the future. It's uh, yeah. So I feel like PowerShell was the first language I learned at all. But I feel like if I moved over to something like Python or something like that, it would be a much faster transition for me at this point. Definitely, I completely agree with you. Um, I feel very confident and comfortable if we were to have to switch to anything. So many of the patterns and stuff are similar that it's like not a huge leap. Because there are some languages that are different enough that it's like learning a brand new language again, but yeah, but even still, like there is some carryover in the way that your brain understands that there's different ways that like languages put words together. So like being aware of those mechanics that are at play and I don't know, definitely not as good as a romance language. Learning, learning how to learn is important. I mean, there's always things that are going to be universal constants, I think. Yeah. Yeah, learning how to learn. It's hard to learn when you're burnt out, so take care of yourself. I just say, boy, you just wouldn't make it. I'm just saying to everybody out there, I'm not there now. I've been there before. A pleasant conversation, like Debbie Downer comes in here. (laughs) Hey. It's like, yeah, but there's hungry kids. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) 
But um, yeah, I hope everyone out there is feeling those creative juices. I'm just feeling excited because after being sick and stuff like that, I'm feeling good too. Well, I guess I wasn't really sick. I, I had a surgery. Um, but after getting up and at them, I'm, I'm feeling those creative juices. I'm feeling inspired again. You know, i am got that pep to my step. You know, I'm balancing in my morning meetings, drinking my coffee again. It's, it's always weird what can be a reset. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I, in your case, like you're saying, like the surgery was a... I, I guess if you've been feeling not well for some time, I can see how that would wear you down. And once you're feeling better, it's easier to dive back into it. But I don't know. Were you even aware that you needed a reset leading into that? Yeah, or is oh, it just no, I was, yeah no. <laughs> I, I knew I needed a reset. I had some time uh, like scheduled coming off and stuff like that. But it just kind of all worked out. <laughs> but you know, it's I, I guess this isn't that funny. But um, you know, I've I've definitely not missed the opportunity to let those in my life know that I that technically what I had is considered major emergency surgery. So anytime <laughs> <laughs> I went camping with my um, nieces and nephews, and I was the only adult with all these kids, right? But I couldn't, I can't lift more than ten pounds. So the whole time I'm at my sister's house, that's where we all camped. I'm like, okay, Alex, I can't pick anything up. I, I just had major emergency surgery, so sorry, I can't. <laughs> it is true, but you always go with the most dramatic retelling of what it can be. I'm, I'm recovering. Major but, emergency surgery. Have you heard of it? <laughs> well, but in a sign of solidarity that this community has always shown. Uh, I think Matt Doust agreed to to have surgery to to keep up with you to make sure that we all went through this together. My gallbladder brethren. Yes. <laughs> it's like that's some real community. It's like, oh, Andrew needs surgery one second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> yeah, we don't go down alone. We're going down together, all right? That's a that's a true community right there. And I yeah, we have another guest. Scatterbrains is what his Twitter handle is. His name's Dave. But he got into a bike crash as well. He's a guy who I follow on Twitter. I, I do want to point out, it's like, are they just throwing out someone's medical information? He was tweeting about this. So I feel like if he's tweeting about it, we're okay to talk about it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, if not, uh, he can call and yell at us and we'll pull the episode down. No, I got this from Twitter. I did not get this from, like, <laughs> I didn't hack into his medical records to get this info. <laughs> Just a tweet. It's like, well, I broke into the hospital up here, and I can tell you who recently. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about you, man. I got I, a federal I, charge, I, but I, I'm going to say if you tweet about it, it's fair game. It's it's in the public forum at that point. It's fair. So or to, we... to support uh, Chrissy Lemaire, if you what, what it's what do you call a mastodon? Is it just a message? A meet. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. What, but whatever their version of it is, if you do that, it's also in the public forum. Fact. I think we're going to have Chrissy next month. I'm excited for that one. I, I want to I find out if we go through the same uh, renaissance of meeting Chrissy LeMaire just makes your life better because that is a all the time. Yeah, all I met time. Chrissy LeMaire and I turned into a centaur. <laughs> I, I can now shoot laser beams out my eyeball. It was fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Who knows? Is it why she's going to listen to this episode and cancel on us? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, sorry. Uh, no mythical creatures. <laughs> uh, man. So I guess we're not going to go 
cliche and be have like a thankful episode, I guess, huh? We're not going to just talk about what we're all thankful for for an hour. I'd be thankful if we didn't do that. <laughs> well, are we thankful? Okay, I guess we can get thankful at the shill, okay? We won't go thankful now. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll, man, we should have just recorded like a super cheesy do 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 like pre recorded <laughs> message. We're thankful for you here at the PowerShell podcast. <laughs> you know what else was kind of fun? So you mentioned what you did with PowerShell this week. You know, I had some fun too, you know. And I, was it this week? Yeah, I guess it was technically short week this week. Um, but so I haven't had to do this before. I've usually used like Wireshark to capture network traffic and create a network traffic log. But I recently did it in PowerShell and I thought it was super cool. Um, so I, in the show notes, I'll include a little blog link that will get you started if you want to check it out. But I was quite pleased to see that it's somewhat approachable to start creating a network traffic log and then analyze it. The more you know. So are you saying so we don't need, uh, what is it? I want to say Surfshark, but it doesn't sound right. Wireshark. Wireshark. There we go. Surfshark is a VPN. Wireshark. Wireshark. So it's like something that does something similar as Wireshark. Yep, pretty much. It's pretty cool. I've used Fiddler a lot in the past. I've I've used Wireshark, and I can tell you I don't understand the results anyway. So is PowerShell going to help me actually understand what I'm seeing, or no? I'm pretty sure PowerShell just starts the log. It creates like a certain log file. Then you have to use a different tool to open that. Maybe there's some other ways that PowerShell could go deeper and do some things, but I haven't gone that deep into it yet. I'm pretty sure they're mostly consumed by other tools. I'm uh, ashamed. That I can't read that because my entire degree from college is on computer networking and I've never once used the degree. It's it's now at this point almost 20 years old and I haven't used it in 20 years. So everything I learned, obviously, at 20 years in computers, it's not relevant anymore. Uh, the co- core, core concepts, yes, but... RTFM, uh, that concept is... <laughs> yeah, anywhere I see networking and I'm so terrible at it, it's like, what did I spend all that money for? Right. Well, I think that Wireshark, like viewing the results, if you know where to click, it's a lot easier. Like if you kind of know the interface and, and what to do, it's a bit more approachable, but it can definitely be overwhelming. And I'm not like an expert at it, but I do find that if you've never gone through and really seen what's going on over the wire, um, it's it can be useful to see what's going on in your environment. And just in general, to see how things work, like... What's really going on? You don't want to always just trust, like really looking and seeing like, oh, this is what's up. So the the network admin in the last job, who is unbelievably gifted intelligent, he built a network scavenging hunt for the IT department where he just sent you an IP and based on using network commands and everything, you could find the next clue and move down it. And it was... It was just interesting to see how he, he casually built this thing that most of us couldn't even find the basic clues for. But it was, uh, I, I thought about it, I didn't think about it at the time. But, it, you know, I think he just got tired of people just coming to him for basic networking stuff instead of learning it. So he was basically holding our hands and gamifying it to learn the basics. But I think his ultimate goal was to be left alone, which I respect. Fair enough. Hey, what's your what's your take, man? If you were to start over in IT and knew what you wanted to do, would you what would you do? Would you start at the help desk? Would you get a cert and go from there? What would you try and do? Well, I think cert or not, help desk is always going to be where you start. 
uh, and if if I'm being honest, I haven't put a lot of planning into my my career path. I uh, got a job in the help desk, and I just made myself available whenever any of the sysadmins needed help from someone on the help desk for anything. I was just always available to help, or if I wasn't, if I swamped at the time, I'll, instead of saying no, it's I can't right now, but at this time, I absolutely can. Yeah, just to just to open doors, and that led to exchange. Just by it's just the way it rolled out, not by any planning. Turns out I loved exchange. It was it was a lot of fun. That's I enjoyed being an exchange admin. But then being an exchange admin is what got me into PowerShell, just because it's mandatory at that point. So I don't know if I changed anything. Every step along the way, none of it was planned, but it all got me to a place where I am extremely happy, which is. That's not my default state. Happiness is uh is rare for me. Oh, nice. I'm glad it worked out. I I think that definitely getting your foot in the door is so important. And once you're there, if you can, like you said, make yourself available, be present, show yourself to be a good worker. If, if you're on the help desk and someone who's sysadmin or, or on a higher level comes and says, hey, I need someone for this, the answer should never be no. If you are busy, which is understandable, they were at once at some point on the help desk too. They understand that busy happens. It's not no, it's, hey, I can't right now, but I should have a window here. Even if they need it before then, they're going to remember that even though you're busy, you're available. It's, being available is the biggest thing to help uh, moving up in your career, I think. Yeah. Being available, being a good communicator, because like if people are asking for help and you're not saying yes, or maybe you're saying yes in a way that makes it hard for them to understand your intentions or maybe they make a calendar appointment you don't follow up if you show the initiative i found that oftentimes it's super rewarding being available showing that you're interested in things i think that a lot of our guests talk about you know putting yourself out there and one way is to just say that hey i want to work on more powershell stuff or hey i want to is there any way i can help out with some of this automation or some of this whatever thing you're trying to grow in just asking is much different than never asking. Um, and I feel like so, so far few, far too few people uh, speak up and say like, hey, here's where I'm trying to go. Can someone help me? Well, and just like, because one of the constant themes we have is I, I, you know, I wrote this blog for me and just other people found value in it. it. It's the same thing with being available is by being available to help, you're going to get access to systems where on the help desk, you normally wouldn't get a touch. You get to start using more and more technology. So, well, it does, you know, you are helping them out. You are learning more that way too. You get access to systems that probably at that point have been uh, off limits to you, which is, that's when you can start having some real fun. Yeah. I remember I left a job and took another job that didn't really pay that much more money, paid a little bit more, but what I had access to was I was still technically help desk, but I had access to do a little bit of server stuff. Like there was that room and that growth where I could, if I was doing my day job and showing all the right stuff, I could also get access to like look at AD and do some things. And, you know, over time as I got better and over the years, really once I learned PowerShell, I had enough time to do kind of like both jobs. And then the PowerShell became so valuable that they just wanted to free me up completely to do that kind of stuff all the time. So then they backfilled and hired and stuff. It's a fun journey no matter what, right? Like everyone has a little bit of a different story. And if you're listening to us right now, I hope that you're having a good time writing your story. Hopefully you're on a good part, but if you're at a low part, you know, hopefully it gets better for you. Keep listening to us. We'll be there for you. Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like I, I hit the help desk 
run and like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be available and better myself. I spent a solid decade doing. I think saying the bare minimum would be high praise for the effort I put in. Yeah, it took it took me a long time to grow up to the point where I was ready to move up, which is, I mean, clearly I needed the time, but. So if if you're like you don't you're not doing do that you don't feel ready for it it's understandable, no I mean you know where you're at in your journey more than anyone else, but yeah I, I, I saw a decade I didn't do I didn't do a damn thing. I hear you. Sometimes it takes time. Um, I whenever I first got that job, um, I wasn't hitting the ground running either. I thought I was a freaking genius. They gave me a laptop, man. They gave me a laptop. Are you kidding me? I thought I was king of the world. Um, but yeah, no, that I think it's um, what was that Dunning Kruger effect? Like I was in the valley of idiocy or something like that. I don't know the exact names of everything, but yeah. All right. So when I say I didn't do anything, I feel like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down how how little I was able to do here real quick. So I was a subcontractor for a subcontractor for a government for a government contract mm. right and i worked the third shift friday through monday so i worked midnight to 10 a.m friday saturday sunday monday which means monday morning was really the only time during my entire work schedule because it's a government contract they're not going to be on there on the weekends uh so the like i had a half a day on monday where I would have to do some real work and the rest of it, I could have been bettering myself instead. Uh, it's, it's, I once took, I call it a nap, but I once slept for eight hours and didn't, didn't miss a single phone call. So dang. All right. Well, I, you got me beat I, there. I was a bad employee. Uh, That's fair. And then what finally broke me out of it, ironically was uh, I, I, the subcontract subcontract was in, uh, different state completely. So I was dealing with the actual head people, but they didn't sign off on my timesheet or anything. So I took a vacation, you know, had to take a break from all those naps. <clears throat> I took a vacation. I came back from it. And this guy from some state that I met once in my life, he was like, if you're going to take this vacation, you have to talk to us first. And something about it just set me off. And my party email was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to work here anymore. And then I left the state with no job lined up. I just was out and it got, I got my foot in the door to an actual career and built from it. But it was just something about that email. Something snapped in me and I don't know <laughs> what, but it's, I'm glad it happened because it, it, it finally jumpstarted me, got me going. <clears throat> nice. Well, <laughs> Hey, that sounds like a, an interesting path, but <laughs> you, you went there. <laughs> you definitely have me beat. I was going to be more like, yeah, you know, it's hard to like, you know, produce at a hundred percent when life is super stressful. Maybe you aren't sleeping enough. Maybe you have issues. No, uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah, no different, different direction. It, it took me a long time to get there. I, I came out of college. Like I graduated college during the 2008 recession and oh, it, yeah. it, it jaded me pretty bad. Mm. And I just needed something to, to knock me off that course, which I'm glad nice. it happened. I'm happy where I'm at now. It all worked out. Yeah, it, it really does. That's it's so <laughs> cool how that how everyone has their own way, but somehow it works out even with the big jumps and the yeah. <laughs> I, I feel very much so appreciative for this cool little journey I've had so far. Because I started I was like 19, just taking like IT classes at college and no clue about anything. Like I used computers my whole life, but not like uh, you know, people who really use computers are typing commands and stuff. No, man. I'm really good at browsing the, the internet. 
That was about all I was good at. Google is a defined skill. Being able to find the information you're looking for. You want to be a Google dork, you can do Google dorks. (laughs) You know, that's that's what they call the little search flags, the, the way to find anything on Google. A Google dork. Uh, I mean, I've been a dork my entire life. I had a new dimension. It's not going to impact me. So there is a, a cool blog that I discovered on our gallbladder brother, Matthew Douse, PowerShell Weekly. Um, there was an awesome post by Patrick Sid500 on creating PowerShell functions that accept pipeline input. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, but this just seems like that forever useful topic and subject that people need some extra guidance on. You know, it's definitely something that people learn. So it looks like in that one, he he builds a function called test pipeline input. So just so you can get a better idea of what's being passed into the pipeline, I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, because when dealing with the pipeline, I mean, that's there's so much power in being able to write commands that use the pipeline. Like so much power, in my opinion, um, and and what we're talking about by using the pipeline, it's like kind of the way you can use get process, use the pipe, and then connect it to stop process. Being able to do that with your commands is really cool. I um, mean, that's kind of what this covers. Different ways to go about that. So it it seems like kind of a more direct method. What you get from if you pipe it into get member, so you can see the object that is piping through that gives you a lot of the, you know, behind the scenes, like method you could do to it or available attributes, but this is more of a, you can just kind of see directly what is passing through instead of the, what makes up the object part. It almost feels like a companion for get member. Amazing. Amazing. Cheers. Let's have a long, awkward pause. And request, <laughs> you know, request that Kelly does not edit this out. We want we want people at home to really feel how awkward it is when we actually talk. Like just capture the full no. experience. Jordan, you and I know we're both <laughs> filtering our brains. There's a lot of things we want to say right now, but we're only saying the absolute best, perfect things. Everything else gets filtered out. So that means whenever we say stupid things, that's the best we could come up with. So. That's totally a reflection on us. <laughs> and I say nothing but stupid things if that lets yeah. you know where we're at. Oh, yeah. You should hear me, man. <laughs> it was nice, though. I listened back to the Stephen Judd podcast. and It is the weirdest thing. Whenever I listen to us talk to someone, I feel like I'm in it <laughs> again. I feel like it's my turn to speak whenever I go to speak. It's a weird thing it does to my head. So... I, I can't listen. I did something similar when we first started and I started to listening to it just so I was, I was hoping to come away with some takeaways and how I could do better. And then I was listening to the episode and this is one of our, this is from somewhere where we talked to Jeff Hicks and I thought it was a really good episode. I enjoyed the entire conversation, but I said something that I thought was real stupid and I just obsessed about that one line. And that's my only takeaway was how could you say something this stupid? So I, I can't, I can't go back and listen anymore because I don't, I don't feel like I'm a fair judge of of me. Uh, Yeah, I feel like everyone says stupid things if they say enough things. And I feel like we're just so human, dude. We're just (laughs) people. I I can acknowledge everyone says stupid things, but if I go back and re-listen, I can't appreciate the good. I'll just focus on the really stupid thing that I said. 
it was like a non sequitur. Like we're talking about something unrelated. I said some nonsense. And I, I mean, listen to me now. I listened to it like eight months ago and I'm still hating myself over it. And you know, <laughs> similar things have probably happened to guests of ours. We just haven't heard about them where they've said something or like they, they delivered something where they felt like they should have known the definition better or had a better answer or they forgot something. It happens. It happens, man. It's, it's so cool to see that humanity though. Cause you know, a lot of our guests are people we look up to and really respect, but I see them all react in a similar way and a human way. Some people are a little bit stressed sometimes and you can see it. We all are, you and I are too. Uh, but there's no exception to that. I have not seen anybody who's exempt from those conditions. I am hoping that in next summit, come on, April, that I don't have, the fear to like i hope uh, to be able to approach everybody this time because last time there were just certain people i struggled to approach Same. and i'm i'm hoping with now having so many awesome conversations with so much of the community that this time i'll be able to i mean i'm never going to be a social person but i'd like to be able to hold a conversation i mean here, or or even better yet just say hey i really appreciate x that you've worked on like if there's something that helped me out i'd like to be able to let them know that helped me out because it probably mean a lot to them but so that's what that's my what I hope most I, I got out of this podcast at this point was the ability to next time I'm around all of these people that there'll be nothing holding me back from just being a part of the conversation. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I, I feel like I hope I, I feel like I've learned this, and I, I hope to kind of like you say live it out at Summit and see how it goes. But what I've seen is that everyone is pretty much the same. Like, yeah, they're different in what they've done, but who they are and how they are is so similar. So I'm hoping that my knowledge of that makes it so I'm also way more comfortable just talking to different people, whether they be someone who is popular and famous or whatever, or someone who is just someone who I enjoy, who I think is cool. And there's plenty of people who I think are really cool, who maybe not many other people know about. That's why I really enjoy the... I, I didn't appreciate it fully my first couple of attempts, but they have the the party one evening where everyone shows up. It's just like a social gathering. There's power social gets talked about because that's what we're all there for, but it's more just, it is just a social gathering. And I didn't appreciate that at first. I thought it was a waste of time just because socializing is not my, my thing, but by attending this last year was where I was able to have a conversation with Justin Grody, who was one that I was afraid to approach. And he was the nicest person. And then we met him in the wild driving by on a bus. <laughs> we did. So I, now I have more appreciation. So that was always something I didn't look forward to it. And I didn't really want to attend. I don't think I would have attended last year either. If, if you weren't there, if it was just me, I would have just stayed at home. But now I really appreciate what is there because I think everyone has some sort of social anxiety or people they don't want to approach. And that is just the perfect environment to, to knock those walls down. I'm, I'm looking forward to next year's event. Yeah. I'm just so thankful that I've been able to be a part of this community in any way. It's so cool. Um, Cause just going to that summit for the first time. And for me, I remember one of my big takeaways was it was so cool seeing so many people being themselves. Like, not that I thought that they were each like the coolest person individually, but anytime I see someone feeling comfortable being themselves, doing their thing, I think it's super cool. And to me, it was like almost 
like changed my perspective to think like, yo, these are a lot of people who kind of think about and approach things in a similar way to me, who are just doing their thing, finding success in life, finding a ton of friendship and camaraderie and community here. And wow, like this is super awesome. I see some different ways, like kind of future versions of me. There were different people who I'd run into and be like, wow, that they're really cool in this way. And I think that I have enough in common with them that maybe I could be cool and successful in, in the way that they are one day. It's it's a really special, cool thing. And now, dude, we get to talk about it all the time. What is this? <laughs> How's that real? Yeah, this is kind of this podcast is just the latest thing that we just kind of fell backwards into. It was it was it wasn't even my idea. It was all Kelly. And yeah. they're like, well, you need a co-host. It's like, well, I know just the person. And when they said no, I came to you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) No, I was excited. It's uh, I think every I mean 2018 when we first met, I think every step of the way, we weren't always in communication, but I've been invested in in your path because I was fascinated by you were so new to PowerShell in 2018, but you were so present in the community. And I was Jealous of it and then fascinated by it. So when I had the opportunity when you for you to come over to PDQ, boy, I was I was giddy. I was absolutely giddy that to get that opportunity. Yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> it was my dream job. So it all came full circle. And you know, it's it's cool. The whole one thing I've realized about this podcast is like definitely need a producer, definitely need someone to edit it because it, it would be too much work. I'd be so burnt out if I had to re-listen to our conversations again. Yeah, um, it would be difficult. And well, we're we're lucky to have we're lucky to have Kelly. Speaking of sappy thankful, I am thankful for, for Kelly's experience. Sam, shout out Kelly. So if if you want an idea on, on how much work he does, he can't do the same editing that he does for the when we put this up on YouTube because the video and the audio have to sync up. So if you listen to just the podcast version and then watch the YouTube, you can see how much just behind the scenes cleanup that you don't really think of until it's like in your face. He does so much, so much with it. Yeah. I, I can't believe we're able to do this, man. Cause I've always wanted to, you know, it's nice when you do something and it scales, right? Like at, at PowerShell, we always talk about create a solution, share it around your team, automate it, blah, blah, blah. It's going to keep providing value. Like, um, I remember whenever I got started, I was listening to the other PowerShell podcast at the time. Um, Power Scripting Podcast, that's what it was called. And I would listen to every single word of every single episode from start to finish. I took it in as much as I could. Like I tried to get involved in the community as much as I could. And um, I, it's cool to think that I would be doing that to our content now, like back then. Well, young me, oh, four years ago, I'd be enjoying what I'm doing. And it's it's cool to be able to like help out old different versions of me kind of thing. Like... Hopefully, at least. Hopefully, we're helping some people out there. No, so I, I, th- I know. I, I like how people just intuitively know if they want to reach out about the podcast, they reach out to you. Just because you're going to be more responsive than I am. I, I like how that's that's there. But I do appreciate the the feedback you you pass on to me. It's always, I don't know. It feels weird to get praise from me just because I have a. It's going to surprise people that are longtime listeners. I have a pretty low opinion of myself. So getting getting high praise always catches me off guard, but I truly appreciate it. Yeah, man. 
Thanks to everybody who sends us that lovely feedback. Really appreciate it. It's funny. Um, I, I've also learned how important giving feedback is. Um, like it, it really does do something when you give someone positive feedback of something that you appreciate of theirs. It is very, very efficient. Like I know I keep mentioning that efficient thing. It's so efficient. You say like one nice, truthful thing and it reminds the person of the reason they started doing it in the first place or all kinds of good things. There, there's been times we've been feeling unmotivated or down about the podcast and we just gotten the right message at the right time. It's always, it's always appreciated. I'm pretty sure one was like Jeffrey Snover retweeted us and we're like, Oh gosh, thank goodness. Because we had a podcast fall through and then we would have to like, we had to reprepare and do a different one, like a day later on, on low notice. And that type of thing happens sometimes, but we soldier on. It's all fun. It it really is. It really is. And we've learned so much, man. Um, geez Louise, dude, I've learned a lot about PowerShell, um, about the engine and how it works. Like I really increased my knowledge of that around regex, around security. Like I have really increased my knowledge on these areas and I feel so much more comfortable with the similarities between everything too. That was one thing. Cause I know, uh, Stephen Judd went over the importance of using regex as as the default and just become more familiar with it. Uh, the the friend that hit me up two days later, one of the solutions that cut down a lot of the time was using regex. So it just was cracking me up. It's like I was just told this by someone who I respect greatly, and here it is paying dividends. <laughs> yep. So it's uh, there's a lot a lot of smart people that agree to talk to us. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and the the two smartest of all are right here with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> uh, I, I wonder if people really think that i think of as uh, highly as myself as like you introduce me like each week do they know, really think uh, i have that opinion of myself i i love doing the introduction i love doing the uh build up to the shill even i've i've, I've lost steam out recently i feel like i, I went so uh, over the top by the end but no i feel like people almost they're either in love with the shill, the weirdness, or they're like, what goes on at the end? I like this podcast. They have these nice long conversations. And then like at the end, something <laughs> happens. I don't know what. Well, we, we have fun with it. We do. We do. This is us. What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right. Well, since, since we don't have any official guests other than, you know, special guest Andrew Plaw, we, we've got the common parameters to get through still, right? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I guess we do. Normally, we just get to ask people these questions that we know are daunting. Who are you going to ask? Now we have have to live through it. Oh, no. Yeah. So are you ready, Andrew, for the first of the common parameters? Yeah, you're asking me? Okay, yeah, sure. Also, I feel like we glossed this over the first time we started calling it common parameters. Jess Pomfret recommended we call it common parameters and i freaking loved the idea yeah we've gotten Such a lot a of complaints name. about it but just send them to jess <laughs> if you don't That's like Jordan <laughs> no, just kidding thanks jess yeah. all right so andrew what is one time something went wrong while on the job oh, you're how did you handle it Okay, well, one thing that went wrong on the job one time, and this is what comes to mind. There have been other times where I've created like ticket loops of infinite tickets when I'm the one responsible for like all the automation of the ticket system. That was something. But the one that I like to tell is (laughs) uh, (laughs) 
and um, gosh, the guy who I met at the end of my PowerShell user group, my uh, former coworker, he'll appreciate this one because he was there when this happened. But I was working with somebody and we did something to like, if someone got a spam message, we would do like some kind of search and delete kind of deal with PowerShell and exchange. And uh, I wrote up like a guide on how to do it. Well, I, we try and tell our guests not to take too long with the explanation here. So I'll, I'll keep it quick. He ran some commands incorrectly and didn't specify like a subject of the email he wanted. And I think he just put a star, which would then take all of her emails out of her mailbox. And not only, uh, and this is like the CEO or something like that, but took all the emails out of her inbox and copied them to like a temporary folder or something like that. And so had to restore that whole thing. That was a situation that was stressful. Um, I felt bad because I wrote the PowerShell commands. Like, well, I wrote a knowledge base article that was then misused. Okay. Um, you should definitely be careful when you run commands, you know what they do. But what did we learn? Oh, learned to not give that individual permissions. And then do better training. Do better training, I think is what we learned. Uh, but it wasn't like a big blame thing. It was mostly like a security kind of concern. Because like, where did all of her emails go? That's not good. Yeah. Tang all right. you, you asked me that. You didn't send me this message. I send these questions to our guests ahead of time so they don't have to be on the spot. But you put me on the spot there, man. I respect our guest. I just, you know, whatever. With you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Tasha, I hope I didn't <laughs> say right. too much. Yeah, do you have any questions for me? Maybe you're some sort of common parameter. Oh, so I have an or here. I can ask you any question. Have at it. I'm, a, I'm oh. an open book. Gosh. Wow. Well, it's actually harder to ask you any question than it is to answer one question. So just know that I'm doing the heavy lifting in this situation. Um, again, That's uh, actually common practice for this podcast. You do the heavy lifting. That's common. You. Yeah, I've really gotten stronger since we've been doing this. But my question for you, Jordan, what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self when starting an IT? Uh, well, I apologize for making uh, Kelly use the bleep button, but grow the f up. <laughs> so, all the time when I was leaving, I, like exiting college and everything, it was during the recession, it was negative, and I let that get me down. Like every step of the way, I found an excuse is like, well, this isn't fair. This is all bull crap. I'm not, careers never going to take off. And it led to me wasting so much time. It worked out in the end because I did eventually grow up, but man. If I could get that decade back to be better in myself starting then, where would I be now? I don't know, but I just grow up is what I told myself when I was younger. Cause it took me until I'll be honest, until I met my wife. That's I'm not even gonna take responsibility for bettering myself. She she bettered me against my will. It's tricky. It's tricky. <laughs> Cause what I found is like oftentimes coming out of the younger part of our life, at least for me at least, it can feel like you've been through a whole bunch and almost feels like I needed a couple years of like letting my brain freaking develop and stuff and, and just grow up a little bit. Yeah, is there anything you could have done to like help that process or like help you do things sooner? Well, so if you're, if we're going to like uh, the job that I talked about where it was, you know, all those levels of subcontract for government on a time when the government's not even working, that was cause they were 10 hour shifts. That was 40 hours a week that I had unlimited to just better a skill set, better myself. And I said, what did I do? I, I napped. I, I sat there, I, I joked around. I think at one point, 
I, I made a bet that hopping off of one foot, I could remove one of the ceiling tiles. I won that bet, by the way. Like, I, I wasted all of that time with nonsense because I was mad at the world. Where if I had spent that time just learning things, because as long as my metrics were fine, the tickets came in and I closed them, they didn't care. They knew it was a slow time. I had unlimited time to just learn, and I botched it. I botched 40 hours a week for 10 years of learning opportunity. And that, looking back, disgusts me. See, I feel like it's such a human thing to fall into that and to like not appreciate where we are when we have it like safe enough. I wonder if being part of a community could have helped with that. You know, like by being around other people who are like, hey, here's what I just learned. Oh, wow, this is super cool. Oh, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can someone, you know, like being part of that kind of thing, that energy of like growth and learning would have helped. It, it was only after that job where I was introduced to PowerShell and the community that was there, which I got to imagine if I had attended the PowerShell community back then, they absolutely would have been a big part of me growing up faster. But I don't know. I, I, maybe the 10 years is what I needed, but I can't believe that's true. So that's the, you know, the advice of my younger self is grow up and learn while you've got some downtime. We get deep in these podcasts, you know, <laughs> do we not? Occasionally, I feel like we get kind of deep. <laughs> I, I can't be the only person that looks back at their younger selves with just pure rage. <laughs> you know, I can relate to that a lot. But for me, it goes to the whole human thing. It's like I'm a human and uh, I didn't know quite all the lessons back then that I do now. And sometimes, you know, I, I made myself learn the hard way, unfortunately, a lot. Now I think I'm pretty good at not learning the hard way too much. But I, I, it's definitely frustrating when you do things that cause yourself or others harm. When it's like, ah, with hindsight, that could have all been avoided. I could have been doing so much freaking better now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if this is the right use of Catch-22, but by waiting so long, where I jumped into PowerShell was a huge advantage for me, where if I jumped into earlier, where would my career be? Would like How different would things be? I don't know. So ultimately, in the end, I ended up in the right place. I'm, I'm happy with where things have worked out. But I... I don't know. It's that's a lot of wasted. That's a lot of wasted hours. Yeah, but I'm happy to have you now. Thankful yeah. for you that you're here today. So glad to be here. It worked out. But yeah. still, grow up, young me, you idiot. And and for the younger versions of Jordan out there that are listening right now, hang in there. Hang in there. All right, it'll be all right. My dad still makes fun of me complaining about how the job market isn't fair in my younger days. Because he always he always preached patience, and you know I I didn't uh, really appreciate the advice at the time. But now he gets all the free reign to really make fun of me at every major holiday, mm. which I'm which paid dividends for him. So this worked out for him as well. Mm. well I'm sorry, he's making fun of you. <laughs> oh no, I've earned it. Fair. All right. Well, Andrew. What's up? We got another question, an unprepared question for <laughs> what are you, I thought we had this prepared. <laughs> what are three of your favorite modules? Three of my favorite modules. Well, okay. I'm going to give you one module because my three favorite modules are the same things everyone always says. PS Readline, Import Excel. You know what it is. Maybe even some DPA tools. Mix it in there. I love it. PS Framework. like that too. Um, but no, I think that today what I'd like to highlight is a project by Adam Driscoll. Uh, 
He's an awesome person, and he has a terminal GUI designer. Uh, it's on GitHub. Check it out. It's super cool. Terminal GUI? You know what a terminal is? It's like that place where you type code interactively kind of deal with PowerShell. This is a way to create a GUI inside of your terminal, also known as a TUI, a terminal user interface. So it is a drag and drop kind of design your own TUI kind of deal. It's really cool. Um, I like TUIs, terminal user interfaces. One of my topics for Summit was going to be, or is proposed to be about them. But what I think is going to happen is Adam Driscoll probably, I hope at least, he has some talks on creating terminal user interfaces, and he'll do all the talks, which is, is I'd love to see that. But if he doesn't, I have one uh, posted. So I don't know about the the terminal user, but he did a talk last year on graphic user interface. It involved a lot more C-sharp than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. But it was... I mean, it was interesting to watch him live within an hour build a functioning a functioning terminal. I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I think he was creating like yeah, an actual terminal. Um, yeah. But this would be a little a UI inside of it, and I would love to see him work on it as well. That's what I'm saying. If you're trying to get at him, pick his session, not mine, please. I want to see his. Um, but for me, terminal UIs are just so fun. It just looks so cool. I feel like a hacker. Um, I created a little, I don't know if I published it, but a little terminal UI for Trello. You know Trello, it's like um, to do, doing, done, a Kanban board type deal. Mm -hmm. And I created a view in PowerShell that was like a terminal um, UI for for that. It's like the to do, doing, done columns. Well, I do have an important bit of business that I have to bring up. Okay. Uh, Zach Fagan who months ago asked me to mention him on the podcast and without thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, sure, I can do that, uh, has somehow got it tied into my metrics at work to complete the task of mentioning him. So, Zach, if you are listening, mission accomplished, buddy. We've talked hey, Zach, about you. <laughs> Zach doesn't listen to these. There's no way. No, I know he doesn't, but he wanted me to mention his name and he threw out like a a company-wide accolade congratulate me on following through on mentioning his name long before I did it and then got it into my metrics. Like he was, uh, he's motivated. If you get any uh, rewards from this, um, you know, feel free. <laughs> we can throw a pizza party. All right. <laughs> so I've, I feel like I've accomplished a very important as I never wanted to just, you know, out of the blue, wouldn't we have a guest on here? Oh, and by the way, Zach Fagan, how's it going, buddy? But I figure this is the great time to follow through on my, I promise. He should come to Summit, man, if he's really about that. He's he's uh, on the PowerShell journey of his own. He's fun to talk to. Nice. Yeah, I used to work with him, so you know I know him too. <laughs> awesome. he's, all, he's all fancy pants. Too good for the both of us. It's a fact, man. All right, well, is it time for the shill? the ride wow the power shill if you will thank you jordan i've been i've been waiting for this moment this whole episode man i've been caged up locked up like a lion let me roar so this is this is where andrew shines the brightest which is saying something because he is a guiding star of everyone you want to find your way to true happiness follow the bright light that is andrew but without great he is at just everything this right here shilling for our podcast 
this is where you get to see true art. You've got Michelangelo's, I don't know if he did David, I don't know art. I'm going to present like, you know, other famous art by famous people, nothing, garbage. We got Andrew with true art. Take it away, Andrew. Hello, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We're thankful for you. If you're thankful for us, the number one weekly PowerShell podcast in the world, you heard it here, as rated by us, for us, uh, you can go ahead and leave us a five, that's Cinco in Spanish, star review on your podcast platform of choice, be that Apple iTunes, be that iHeartRadio, be that Google Podcast, give us a five. And if you're feeling really happy, leave us a little comment. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter, at PowerShellPod. Or you can email us, old-fashioned, right? That's how we are. We're gentlemen. PowerShell at PDQ.com. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we are truly honored, at least I am, to be able to deliver episodes to you every single week. Thank you so much. Do we have to end it here, Jordan? I think we do. But I do want to throw one last thought where no matter how much I pump up the shield, you still make it. You leave me feeling lackluster with how good you do. You make it's me amazing. blush. <laughs> All right. Thanks for everything. Uh, in, enjoy, your, enjoy your week, everybody. We'll catch you next week with, I don't know. I'm sure we have guests. Oh, we have guests. All right. Thanks for joining the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plough. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> the PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com. 